Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 1141 of the Juice Box Podcast. DJ is 52 years old. He was originally diagnosed as a type 2 and actually remained misdiagnosed for eight years. He's drastically changed his diet, his exercise, and this is his story. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan. Don't forget to save 40% off of your entire order at CozyEarth.com. All you have to do is use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. That's JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% at CozyEarth.com. When you place your first order for AG1 with my link, you'll get five free travel packs and a free year supply of vitamin D. Drink AG1.com slash JUICEBOX. If you or a loved one has type 1 diabetes, please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box and complete the survey. That's all I need you to do. You will be helping immensely. U.S. residents only takes fewer than 15 minutes to complete. t1dexchange.org slash juice box. This episode of the Juice Box podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. Touched by Type 1.org. And find them on Facebook and Instagram. Touched by Type 1 is an organization dedicated to helping people living with type 1 diabetes. And they have so many different programs that are doing just that. Check them out at touchedbytype1.org. Today's episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Dexcom. Makers of the Dexcom G7 and G6 Continuous Glucose Monitoring Systems. Dexcom.com slash juicebox. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. My name is DJ. I am 52 years old, and I was diagnosed type 1 uh, officially in November of this last year, so coming up on one year here in a couple of months. Wow. Type 1. Okay, but you said officially. So yeah. November T1, you're my, you're my age. I think you're probably the first guy I've ever talked to is my age. How long were you misdiagnosed? Eight years. Oh, my. so yeah, I was diagnosed type two in 2015 and I'll kind of walk you through that. We, you, you, I mean, there are a lot of people that are like, oh, that's a lot of, or, you know, mm -hmm. 1.5 or whatever, but. You know, when I went in to that appointment in 2015, I, I fully anticipate, I mean, I had all the symptoms, Yeah. but I, you know, I had lost so much weight and I was so frail that I, I thought I was getting diagnosed with cancer or something, you know, mm -hmm. I, you, well, you read the internet, it's always cancer or diabetes. So, you know, I knew it was one of the two. And so I went in, I had, you know, I went in fasting, of course, and, you know, I knew when the nurse did the finger stick like it wasn't good news and then they ran my a1c it was 15.7 oh yeah and this, um, is, this is in 2015 2015 okay yeah. and uh, they did a c-peptide test all right this is where it gets sort of you know confusing i'm not a doctor and i'm well aware that 
know, anything that you hear on the juice box podcast, <laughs> um, you know, but, but I looked at the C peptide number and I didn't know back then what I know now. And it was on the very low side of normal. So it was under two, right? Yeah. So at, at 15.7 A1C, you know, if I actually was a type two, I would have been making so much insulin with the insulin resistance that that would have been like, I think off the charts high, but that's where it stopped. We didn't do any more investigation. And because that number was like 1.8, it was like, well, you're type two. So I did a full life change and started working out every day. I went extremely low carb and for a long time, seven and a half years, got my A1Cs down into, you know, six, four, five, 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 four. And, um, really just, I kind of stopped testing, uh, my blood sugar because every time I would test it, it was fairly normal. And that, that's kind of how it started. How long were you testing for? About five, six years. That's a long time. Uh, you know, just, I'm going to read this here for people. This is straight from the NIH to interpret your C peptide levels. A normal C peptide plasma concentration is in a fasted state 0.9 to 1.8, NG milliliters. Don't know what that is. A high level could indicate insulin resistance, insulinoma, or kidney disease. A low C-peptide is usually present in patients with type 1 or sometimes type 2 diabetes. So, and where was yours again? It was under 2, it was like uh, one one seven, something like that. Mm. Insulin resistance. Yeah, I, I mean. So, when I look at it now, I think I would have been much higher with a 15.7 right uh, and they didn't do any antibody testing or anything yeah and the reason that's still of interest to you all these years later is because of the struggle you had i would imagine do you still yeah yeah i would still be thinking about it honestly yeah so my gosh so you do just (laughs) diet and exercise i mean what were you eating mostly you know mostly proteins fat and veggies and really nothing else um which you know i that sort of became a way for of life for me and i got so used to it and i i felt good i felt like i had more energy than i had had i mean that's because i was bringing down my my a1c and my you know my blood sugar was in in a normal range i I understand that now Mm -hmm. but you know at at the time it was like, well, this is really working. I feel great. I feel like I've got more energy than I've had since I was in college and I was fit. And I wasn't, I for sure wasn't one of these people that is like out there preaching that you have to live your life low carb, but it worked for me. And, uh, and, and it worked for me until it didn't work for me. The Dexcom G7 is sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box Podcast, and it features a lightning fast 30-minute warm-up time. That's right. From the time you put on the Dexcom G7 till the time you're getting readings, 30 minutes. That's pretty great. It also has a 12-hour grace period, so you can swap your sensor when it's convenient for you. All that on top of it being small, accurate, incredibly wearable, and light. These things, in my opinion, make the Dexcom G7 a no-brainer. 
The Dexcom G7 comes with way more than just this. Up to 10 people can follow you. You can use it with type 1, type 2, or gestational diabetes. It's covered by all sorts of insurances. And uh, this might be the best part. It might be the best part. Alerts and alarms that are customizable so that you can be alerted at the levels that make sense to you. Dexcom.com slash juicebox. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Dexcom and all the sponsors. When you use my links, you're supporting the production of the podcast and helping to keep it free and plentiful. If you take insulin or sulfonylureas, you are at risk for your blood sugar going too low. You need a safety net when it matters most. Be ready with Gvoke Hypopen. My daughter carries Gvoke Hypopen everywhere she goes because it's a ready-to-use rescue pen for treating very low blood sugar in people with diabetes ages 2 and above that I trust. Low blood sugar emergencies can happen unexpectedly, and they demand quick action. Luckily, Gvoke Hypopen can be administered in two simple steps, even by yourself in certain situations. Show those around you where you store Gvoke Hypopen and how to use it. They need to know how to use Gvoke Hypopen before an emergency situation happens. Learn more about why Gvoke Hypopen is in Arden's Diabetes Toolkit at gvokeglucagon.com slash juicebox. Gvoke shouldn't be used if you have a tumor in the gland on the top of your kidneys called a pheochromocytoma, or if you have a tumor in your pancreas called an insulinoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk for safety information. So do you think you were Lada? Do you think you were having a very slow onset? If I was, it was because of the diet and exercise that elongated that yeah. that final onset. Would you, in hindsight, do you see any signs of DKA during those times? Were you way too skinny? Anything oh, like yeah. that? Okay. You were way too skinny? Way too thin, yes. Like I, I saw photos of myself, like my wife would say, are you losing weight again? And I'm like, I shouldn't be. I eat like a horse, you mm-hmm. know, I could go, I travel a lot. I have a couple of businesses that cause me to travel uh, a lot. And, you know, I could go and eat dinner. And by the time I was finished eating dinner, be hungry for another dinner and stop on my way back to the hotel for another dinner. And then when I would get to the hotel, I'd be like, there's got to be some like mixed nuts or something down here. Like, and I would go and buy four bags of peanuts or almonds or whatever. And I could not gain weight. Were you peeing a lot as well? Well, at the initial diagnosis for sure. But, yeah, but, but not then, during the... but then no, like come November, it was starting to get back to, I knew something was, you know, I mean, I knew what was up. I didn't know that I was type one, but I, I, I kept thinking in the back of my head, like what I'm doing isn't working anymore. I'm going to end up, well, I went into this new doctor thinking, Hey, I'm going to ask him to put me on metformin again. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. How long had you done metformin in the past for? One month. Why did you get off it so quickly? Because my A1C went from that 15.7 down to 6.4 and my doctor's like, you don't need metformin anymore. So he thought you had an onset of type 2 diabetes that you so arrested with diet and exercise that that there really wasn't any need to do anything else. Was that 100%? That's what 100%. Happened? Okay. 
Oh, wow. Uh, when, so when you, what makes you go to a new doctor? <laughs> there were several things that, listen, my doctor, that particular doctor, uh, probably a lot of people would be like, I don't know how that's possible. He's still a friend of mine. He, he retired this past year, but that's not what made me switch. I knew he was getting ready to retire. You know, I've sort of had in the last seven to eight years of my life, really more of a focus on not just health, but more like holistic health. And so I was seeking out integrated health facilities and instead of what I would call more traditional. Mm -hmm. And so that's what moved me into uh, this new care uh, that I'm in now. So actually, it's an integrated health facility uh, here. It's a fairly large practice, but <laughs> I walked in. Uh, I It takes months to get an appointment because they're so busy. Mm-hmm. And um, this guy, I, I don't. I probably won't say his name, although I know he's listening. Uh, he'll be listening because he's started listening to this now. I was his very first patient, actual patient. He had been a PA and training and all that, but I was his very first patient. And I went in just thinking, you know, well, I just need some metformin. <laughs> it's been a wild ride with him and he's been fantastic um, for me. Um, but he's now, you know, he's listening to this podcast and he's he's learned a ton through this whole journey as well. But he knew that what I had been through before, you know, we didn't want to repeat. Mm-hmm. Plus, you probably had him on a good day. He's like, this is it. My first one. I'm going to do a good job. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, and the crazy thing was like when I walked out of there, you know, he prescribed metformin and when I got to the pharmacy to pick it up, you know, I hadn't checked, you know, how everything's on, you know, these digital, like my yeah. chart kind of things yeah. and all that where it's all <clears throat> digital. Well, I get to the pharmacy and I said, Hey, you know, give my name, birthday, I'm here to pick up one prescription. And she said, Oh, is it these two types of insulin? I was like, no, there must be some mistake. And so I'm, I'm, I get out of line and I go and look and there's this big, long paragraph of, I consulted with the two other founders of the practice. Mm -hmm. And we believe that based on the blood work that we got back and where you're at, we believe that you need to begin insulin immediately. Did they think you were, they were giving you insulin as a type two still? No, they, they, in that little email, it, it was, you're either type 1.5 or one, or they didn't know, Mm -hmm. but they knew I wasn't type two. Is this a place where, and if I'm prying, you'll stop me, but like, is it a cash pay that you turn into your insurance later? Really hard to get into that kind of doctor's office? It is, but at the time, my coverage worked there. It doesn't anymore. We switched. Um, I own, <laughs> I own these businesses and we switched insurance companies and the new insurance company doesn't work there. But so yes, um, it, it, it's that type of place. Very hard to get in. I'm just going to like, to be clear with people, that's the kind of endocrinologist I send my daughter to now that she's not at a children's hospital anymore. My whole family has their thyroid managed that way. You know, we tried going through, you know, what you would consider like a classic practice and you just don't get, you don't get enough 
uh, attention, especially for these things that need to be adjusted. Now, like this endo is not helping Arden with her insulin or anything like that. We're, we're doing that. But even with just, you know, Arden came home from school, something seemed wrong. It didn't matter. You know, boom, Addie's like, she hasn't been here in a while. Like she's been off at school. Let's do blood work. You send blood work out, comes back over TSH is off. We'll do this. You know, we're going to move her to, you know, we're going to, she's like, I don't think that she needs her tyrosine put up, but I do think she kind of needs a blast of it. And so I want her to take, instead of 0.88 every day, I want her to take one uh, every day for 10 days and switch back to 0.88. I don't want to switch your script because that'll be irritating. So I'll just mail you a sample. Like that's the kind of, and yep. boom, it's at your house. And you, yep. you have a, a phone call with them, a follow-up after, you know, your blood work. If there's somebody else in the house that she sees also, she'll talk to them too. You don't get a different bill. Like it's all, it's exactly the way you think healthcare should be. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, and, and you're, yeah, you're describing something very similar. It took me, took me a minute to get there. And once, once we, really finalized the the diagnosis you know they their first inclination was we're going to get you an endocrinology referral and so i did i went to a traditional endocrinologist and we can dig into this further if you want to but i had already been listening to the podcast i had already done a consult with someone at integrated diabetes I was reading and consuming just loads of information and I was on MDI. I went there thinking, Hey, I need something that will be able to, that I can, I don't want to use traditional needles that I'm pulling out of vials. I want to use pens. So maybe like I'll use the in pen or maybe I'll get like a junior pen. I need something I can give myself half doses because I was already, I had gone for, so that second diagnosis, my A1C was 13.6. And I had already gotten it down to six, four when I saw that endocrinologist and I, I I knew there was room to go. And he's like, you're being too hard on yourself. And I'm like, I'm like, well, you're not the right guy for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I, I had that one meeting and he kept saying, how do you know this? And I, in my head, I did, I, I didn't say this to him, but I kept thinking, how do you not know this? Mm -hmm. And then at the end, I actually did say this. Because he, you know, he kind of gave me the range and he told me not to be so hard on myself and, you know, six, four is great. And by the way, six, four is great, but I knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't my best. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I just told him, I said, you know, I think you've misunderstood. I said, this was an interview and, um, I I'm not going this direction. And, um, you know, it, it, I haven't gone back there. I wrote a big long letter to this integrated health facility where just my, you know, that this brand new, this brand new doctor and along with the partners there. And I said, look, this is what I want to do. Will you support this? Will you write the scripts? Will you allow this to happen? And after about a week, they said, uh, yeah, we'll do it. Hmm. And so I came in, I, I told them, and had sent them all of the info on looping, uh, Omnipod dash and, uh, the, well, G six, I'm on G seven now, but they went for it. And, uh, my last day one C was five, two. I think I'm going to, I think I'm under five now, but I'm due for another one here in the next 
did several you, weeks. When, once you got the insulin, you started understanding how to use it. Did you adjust your diet or did you stick with what you were doing? Well, I've had more candy in the last nine months than I've had in the last eight years. Uh, but that's just to address little lows. I have sort of stuck with the, I've kind of stuck with the, the low carb just because it's, I didn't really miss anything from mm -hmm. before. I, I'm all about people eating whatever they want. Right. So, and whatever they feel good about, it feels healthy to me for my fueling, you know, plan, but it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, this morning I had five eggs for breakfast, um, a little piece of cheese and I'm very full. I don't need anything else. You know, if I get the, like the need for a little something sweet, I'll, you know, in the afternoon, I'll have a coffee with, you know, a square of dark chocolate with some almonds in it or something. And, you know, that's plenty for me. I've had a couple of thing, times where it's like, I'm low, you kind of feel like you, you know, you get that feeling of you're going to eat everything in the kitchen or whatever. And you realize you don't, you don't need that many carbs to bring you up from 64. Right. You know, in fact, if you cut your basil and wait 15 minutes, you might just be fine. <laughs> you know, it's just been a huge learning curve. And I've put, I put 80,000 miles on my car in the last two years. And so 40,000 of that has been listening to the juice box podcast. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And all of you should be driving that much because that would really help me. Um, how did you, how did you find the podcast? I kind of, you know, it's one of those things where there's so much, I don't want to say misinformation. That sounds like a, but I, I think, you know, people don't understand and you can't expect them to understand if, if you name some disease that I have only ancillarily heard of, mm. I'm not going to have an understanding of what it is, but you know, you, you kind of, it's that whole, you see people with a pump and you see people with the tubing and, and all of that. And that works great for a lot of people. In fact, I have a, a young uh, guy that works uh, with me and he's on, he's on a pump and he's got the tubing and it, he's been like that since he was six years old. It works fine for him and, and wonderful. I, I just, for my lifestyle, I, I just Googled, I was like, there's gotta be a pump that doesn't have tubing. And so the first thing that came up was obviously Omnipod. And then there was a link to your podcast and, uh, in some Google search. And so that's how I started listening to it. Wow. I have heard my SEO for Omnipod is, uh, strong. It's so, strong. Yeah. That's uh that's good news. At this point, I've watched people find it in so many different ways. I couldn't of. I couldn't have possibly set this up. It's one of those things like, you know, people are like, well, how do I do a successful this or that? Like, what should I link to? What should I, I'm like, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I really don't. I'm like, just put it out there. If it works for people, it'll, it'll grow. Yeah. Like to, to know that you were basically saying to yourself, I'd like to get a pump that doesn't have tubes, but ended up finding the podcast as well is really interesting. So I appreciate that. That's excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's so, it's so interesting because when I first started listening, I think my first episode, I can't remember which one it was, but it was an after dark. And, um, because I just randomly, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just start wherever it is right now. And mm -hmm. I can always go back and forth. And, 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 and so, you know, you pick up whatever the episode is, you, you sort of pick up a useful tidbit of information somewhere in there, whether 
you know, whether 90% of it applies to you or not, you know, there's kind of that 10% or 20% or even just a tidbit where you're like, wow, I didn't think of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I started picking up what I would call nuggets in some of those. And I would talk to my wife and, and I was so frustrated with my, well, with myself at the time, because I, you know, I was having these highs and I couldn't bring them down. And I, you know, I, I kept saying, you know, I need to get something where I can do a half dose or I need to split my, you know, my long-term insulin. And she's like, you know, maybe for your mental health, you should stop listening to this podcast. I think it's driving you crazy. (laughs) I was like, no, no, no. This is the thing that's helping me. I said, it's all the other noise that's actually driving me crazy. I said, it's just, I said, it feels like I'm drinking from a fire hydrant Mm -hmm. and I just can't consume enough information. So I, I actually made a, um, I made a couple of spreadsheets, um, and started tracking in a, uh, in a notebook on my iPad, just the bits of information that I would want to go back and listen to. And then I started going through all of the, um, all of the different series, you know, the, the bold beginnings and the, the pro tips and all of those types of things. And it was like, once I got through that and I felt like I kind of finally have understood these terms and know what's happening, that's when it just all started clicking. And I had heard you say that before. Like, I know it sounds overwhelming. People are throwing, you know, terms and numbers and this and that around. Keep doing it and it will come together. Yeah. And that happened. Oh, I'm glad. I That's really wonderful. It makes me feel terrific, actually, because you um, experience the podcast the way I mean for it to be taken in. Yeah. And it worked, which was exciting because I always think, well, the first thing is that I, is that I really believe that if you just stack all the information up in one place, it'll be overwhelming and boring and most people won't be interested in it anyway. Right. You know, uh, so you have these conversations with people, which you get the bonus of like getting to listen to other type ones, type twos live their lives. And, and I think that's interesting. And then I try to blend in enough entertainment that you'll make it through so that the conversation can unfold in a way where that nugget comes out. Right. Yeah. It's fantastic. And I'm on not just, you know, your Facebook group, but I'm on a couple of other, what I would say are online type one communities. And I'm always putting links to, you know, I'll hear something and I'm like, well, this, I know that this addresses that and I'll, I'll put a link. I'm sure people think I'm nuts, but, um, I, you know, I, I'll be clear that you're not paying me to say this, but it, <laughs> the podcast has, uh, it truly did change the course of my life. I appreciate that. The information, it changed my life too. It's just, yeah. I'm the one that pulled it all together into one place. Of course. I mean, we were really lost and a lot of my life was like overwhelmed and crying when Arden was young and had diabetes and I didn't know what I was doing. I almost did it the same way, but mine was trial and error and the ability to not have to focus on much else because I was a, right. I was a stay at home dad and I had a baby. So I didn't have much to do except look at her and wonder what the hell was happening to her. Yeah. I felt sort of paralyzed at first because I've got, I've got two businesses and I've got, uh, you know, 60 employees Mm. and I mean, everybody would, you know, everybody needs something at any given second. And, you know, for about a month, 
it was, I couldn't process what was going on. And, and there were times where I thought, you know, if I don't get this under control, this could change. You could really drastically change the course of my life. Yeah. And I do see how so many people end up with good enough because there is, there is too much going on. Like I'm, I'm trying to be honest and say that if I had a job and Arden was diagnosed with diabetes, I don't think I would have figured it out. And I'm pretty, right. and I'm pretty sure the doctors wouldn't have helped me get there. Right. And that's, that's it. Like I was able to stare and stare. I was, I was sharing with someone yesterday on an episode I was making how, when my son got Hashimoto's, uh, his only symptom was these crazy hives from his waist to his neck mm. and they would come if his body heated up. So if he laughed, got angry, tried to lift something up, moved too quickly. This is literally what would happen to him. And then the oh. only way to make it stop is he'd have to run out into the freeze. It was luckily November. He'd have to run out into the cold until it went away. Now, he wasn't warm. It's not like he was out there and like, oh, this feels good. He was freezing, but he was right. outside freezing and it would make the hives like dissipate. So this is going on for a month. And we're going through all the normal channels trying to figure out what's going on. And I just can't take seeing him like that. So I'm like living my life. I'm making this podcast. I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing. And then when everybody goes to bed, I would get online and just read and read and try to figure out what was happening. Yeah. And one day I found this NIH article that talked about hives as a very uncommon symptom of Hashimoto's. And I sent an email at three o'clock in the morning to the endocrinologist who, by the way, if you guys have heard the, um, the uh, episode about Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism. It's that doctor. She's the doctor that we use. I emailed her that night. I sent her the article. I, I laid out what my thinking and she goes, yeah, right. Like let's give them the med and see what happens. And like a week later, it started to get better. And I felt so relieved. Like, I yeah. don't, I don't know how to tell people like I, when I was explaining this to the, the person yesterday that I was talking to, like I was just saying it like it was a normal thing. Like, obviously, I would do this thing for my son. And she said, I don't think a lot of people would have done that. And I, I don't know that that's true or not. I, I guess I don't know myself that well. I, you know, and I try not to judge myself against other people. So I, I haven't really thought about it that way. But that's the only thing that saved him. Like, we were going down a completely different path with a regular doctor. They were getting ready to give him some, like, once weekly injection of some new medication or something like that. Now we were like freaking out. Yeah. And when that helped him, like that's the feeling I had when I, the day that I said to my wife, like I figured out how to take care of diabetes. I was like, there's a system within all of this and it's not that hard. It's, it's kind of like easy almost if you can wrap your head around it and understand a couple of these ideas. And I said, by then I had told her, I'm like, I'm going to make a podcast about this. So it was just, it was that feeling that I had the way I explained it with my son. When I started the podcast, blogging had like died. Like people just stopped reading. Mm -hmm. And I thought, Oh, all of this information I've put into this blog is going to disappear. Like no one's going to see it anymore. And I, and I just felt like it was unfair for me to know this and for you not to know it. That, that seriously, it's just how, yeah. how it struck me. So well, I'm glad you, I'm yeah. glad <laughs> I can't, I mean, obviously there are tens of thousands, I don't know how many, but 
a, a ton of people that are that are grateful that you didn't keep it to yourself. I don't, I guess you maybe people would start to figure it out if they just over time it would take a lot longer. It would take a lot longer. The way I think of it is that I'm sure some people would and some people wouldn't. Yeah. And the ones who wouldn't are going to suffer needlessly and the ones that would eventually are going to end up with my memories of when my daughter was two. Mm-hmm. If that's something we can avoid, then I think that's terrific. But one way or the other, we live in a world where people get diabetes, they go to a doctor, and they fundamentally don't have any more information when they come back from the doctor than they did before they went. I don't even yeah. care why that is. It's just the truth. Yeah. So, you know, uh, if I can tell you something, DJ, that you'll keep to yourself of course. Until, until this comes out. Uh, if I look over here at my whiteboard, the next thing for Jenny and I to do together, we're finishing up the Mythbusters series right now, and then we are going to go into making a series of episodes that is directed specifically at doctors and clinicians, and we're going to oh. talk, talk to them about how to do this thing and see if we can get that to catch on for people, too. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, yeah we'll see what happens. I don't know how you run a business with 60 people. like. I run a business. I'm the only person. And I, um, some days I'm like, ah, <laughs> like, I don't know how you do it with employees. That seems like a lot of effort. I have a really good team, okay. really, really good team. Yeah. So, um, blessed with that for sure. We, um, we've grown a lot, you know, in the last several years and I kind of look at, it, I'm not a huge sports person, but I, I love, you know, using sports analogies and I, I feel like we've put people on our team that we know are to the caliber of where the rest of the team is performing or beyond. Because when you kind of bring in uh, talent that's beyond, it pushes you to another place. Mm -hmm. And that's really what's happened with our team over the last couple of years. So they've, they've made it very easy on me. Excellent. Now I, there are a number of really wonderful people that helped me online with the Facebook group. And as a matter of fact, I would say that a lot of the information that comes back from them helps to shape the podcast as well uh, because they have sort of their eye on what people are talking about when I don't have that kind of time to like sit there and mine it and, and find out what's on people's minds. I don't mean to say that uh, it's just the, all the other stuff. Like, you know, there's yesterday at oh, one I point know. I was an editor and an IT person, and then somehow I got involved in billing. <laughs> and it was <laughs> it was all in those like same three and a half hours. I would walk out of the room, use the bathroom, walk back in, do a completely different thing, and yeah, um, just change hats. Yeah, exactly. And then I and then I actually had that thought later. I was like, if I tried to go get a job in the real world, no one would hire me. I have no discernible skills on paper whatsoever. <laughs> I'd, I'd be like, they'd be like, what do you do? And I'd be like, ah, so much. I don't know how to put it into words. I'm a unicorn. Yeah. I had a meeting yesterday morning with three people where we were devising another series with Omnipod about Omnipod five. And like, there's this moment when you go, Oh, they want my opinion. <laughs> okay. I'm not used to being that person still. So I'm like, all right. So we, we talked about it and it sounds like it's going to work out really well. And, uh, and just another step of trying to help people have better outcomes faster. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And their customer support has been, phenomenal that's good to hear for me that's yeah. great well they'll hear this so i'm sure they'll be happy i have a couple of questions right so what could have happened in those first years for you when they thought you were type two like now you have all this knowledge looking back 
Like what needed to happen that would have stopped all this from going on for so long? Well, I think if, if they would have done one more test, if they would have done a GAD antibody test, that would have helped. I, I, I think that if you're going to get a diabetes diagnosis, whether it's type one or type two, I mean, it's, you're already getting a blood draw. Why not just do that test? They did the C peptide. So why not do the antibody test? I think that would have helped. Mm-hmm. I I do think that it was sort of, I mean, it was sort of a blessing in disguise because it did prompt me to get very healthy from a diet and exercise standpoint. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not, I don't have like some deep seated bitterness, I but I, I definitely wish it would have gone down differently. It was more shocking when I got the actual diagnosis than anything. But I think to answer your question, one more test yeah. would have changed the course of what I would have done eight years ago. Okay. Do you think you wouldn't have found the, the eating part if they would have immediately said, hey, you have type one? It could have been, right? Like it could have just sent you in a different direction. It's hard to it know. It could have. Yeah. yeah, it could have, you know, because I'm a foodie. I mean, I I, I love food traveled, did a lot of food trips, you know, where Mm -hmm. my wife and I would go to LA and, you know, you go to 15 restaurants in two days and you go in and get, you know, you just, you don't eat a whole meal, but you know, you get whatever they're known for. And then, you know, you're gone and off to the next place. And we, we loved doing those kinds of things. Yeah. And, um, and so things just changed drastically for me. So maybe I would have continued to, and I just learned how, uh, you know, I could have learned how to bolus for all of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I take very seriously the conversations around diet. So I'm in a weird position because it is my position as the person who makes this podcast and runs that group online that I don't care how you eat. I want you to know how to use insulin for whatever it is you're going to eat. Now that idea comes from my belief that I can't change that for people. I've thought about it long and hard, and I don't know how to do something that would make a person have that moment that you had and just say, I'm going to completely fundamentally change how I eat. I don't know how to do that. I watched the whole world try it over and over again for decades of my life. I don't see a path to it. So I've decided in my mind that as a person who makes this podcast, I'm not really in charge of how people eat. And of course, I, and, and even yeah. if, like to say that even if there was a perfect way to eat, I don't, I don't see a way to make somebody do it. So let's let that go and right. let them save their health, right? From, from diabetes. And then hopefully they'll make decisions about their food intake. That's good for them. Yeah. I think they're two separate issues. Yeah, I do too. Um, you know, I think, I think there's, there's a health and nutrition side. And then there's a managing diabetes and understanding the way that insulin works and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, correct. Um, making sure that your carb ratios are right and that, you know, all that stuff. Right. And so I think they're two separate issues. And I think that the nutrition part or the fueling plan or whatever you want to call it is it can make it easier on yourself mm-hmm. for sure. But there are complications in that and, you know, this is a side note. When I was in, when I was in college, I used to smoke and I had a girlfriend at the time who is now my wife that did not approve of that. And I littered Scott, 
I threw a pack of cigarettes and a lighter out the window and never smoked again. Did you do that to try to prove to her you were going to listen to her? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I, but, but the point is like some people have, and I'm not, I'm not patting myself on the back or I'm not like, but I just, I have a willpower. Like if I say I'm not going to do this or I am going to do it, that's sort of the way that it goes, mm -hmm. you know, for me. And that's not, that's for sure. Not for everybody. It's for sure. Not for everyone. Oh, I've learned over the last four months that that is not how it works for me. Hey, I'm, I'm talking to you today. Today I am 30 pounds lighter than I was four months ago. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's crazy, right? And and it's because, and I, I'm telling you, I, I wasn't a crazy eater. Like, I wasn't taking in, like, if you could see me eat during the day before this, you wouldn't have said, like, wow, that's insane. Like, I wasn't a healthy eater, like, most of the time. But I was supplementing with things and, you know, being careful. But I, I just, I, I don't know what the point I'm trying to make here is. Like, I wasn't, like, a eat a half a pizza and a bag of Doritos person. You, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just... My body just didn't want to lose weight. I'd have to do something incredibly drastic to lose 10 pounds. And right. then it wasn't sustainable. And this Wegovi, which is is basically Ozempic rebranded for just for weight loss, it has given me the ability to not eat too much or sometimes, you know, a lot. You know, um, today I'll get done with you. I'm going to go take an egg. And I will probably put it in a pan scrambled with a mushroom and a sh maybe a piece of shrimp uh, or chicken, maybe. And I'll put it in a small wrap and I probably won't be able to finish it. Yeah. I don't know what I'll do for lunch today. I haven't even thought about it yet. Uh, but like last night, I went to a bar last night and had snow crab legs. So and a hunk of bread. So it's not like crazy, right? You're, mm -hmm. you, can, you can eat. But there's something about that GLP one that. It just feels like it feels like it gave my body a tune up, like take away the the hunger part, because there's no doubt like I don't get hungry very frequently. And yes, my stomach will feel full faster, but that's not the whole story. Like, I don't completely know how to explain it yet, but there's something about that GLP replacement that is making my body go to the size that it looks like it was supposed to be is the only way I can think to say it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. You could have four months ago before this medication told me, I think you could have told me I was going to die. And I don't know that I could have achieved what I've done in the last four months. So, I mean, that's, I mean, my knee, I had a, a knee surgery. I couldn't have exercised. My knee got better. I ended up having to have a surgery on my toe of all the weird things, which I'm going to the doctor this afternoon for and hopefully can take this bandage off. And so that would have slowed me down from exercise and now and, and there wouldn't have been a it just wouldn't have happened like i know for sure it wouldn't have happened without the medication and it's not because i was just willfully out there like double fisting marshmallows sure. you know yeah so, right yeah <laughs> it's pretty much it uh I, I have to ask you a different question before i get too far away from it your original doctor who it sounds like you're friendly with yes you must have had personal conversations with him about yes this. how did those go well I actually called him after I was re-diagnosed. I'm not going to look for it now and waste time, but I actually, I called him and then we texted back and forth and his response was, oh, wow, that's a huge life change. That's pretty much it. Not, I 
I really missed that one, huh? No, uh uh-uh. Is that disappointing to you on a personal level? Maybe, but I... I, You don't seem like you're that person, though, really. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not a grudge holder, really, that Mm -hmm. much. Um, I, I, I think more so it's disappointing for going back to conversation from earlier, and this isn't a slam on all medical professionals, but it's just disappointing to know that you sort of get run through this system where, you know, it's a, it's a big machine. It's owned by, you know, some huge company that, you know, now we have seven minutes to see a patient and you can't, you cannot possibly understand, you know, everything that you're going to see. And, you know, the one day that they spent talking about diabetes 50 years ago when he was in school, you know, yeah, granted he should have seen things in his practice, you know, but, but I'm not convinced when you're just talking to even nurses and they don't even understand the difference between type one and type two. Sure. And, you know, there's been plenty of evidence of that on, you know, online in, you know, on the Facebook group and uh, on other podcasts, it's just, it's just, it's a little disheartening Mm -hmm. and it's a little overwhelming. It's a little confusing and, you know, everybody has advice, um, of what to do and, and, and you just sort of have to wade through all of that and go, well, all I know is I have to advocate for myself. And I, I, that is a challenge for a lot of people. Yeah. No, some people don't have it in them to speak up. And I don't mean that from like a fortitude standpoint, personality wise. No, it's not judgmental. Yeah. yeah, Not judgmental. Yeah. Personality wise, some people don't have that. Like, I don't know why I do. You know what I mean? But I hear something that goes counterintuitive to me. My happiness, my success, my family's, and you guys by extension, and I push back on it right away. Um, but yeah. you know that's just a, I don't know, that's wiring and how I was brought up, and it's not a thing I can take credit for. Just like if I was a person who heard those things and kind of turtled up and went inside, I couldn't blame myself or give myself credit for that either. You know, it's just it. But with that being true, listen, when this is true, I just interviewed somebody the other day who told me that when their kid was diagnosed. In the hospital, they came in, the nurse came in to give the kid their first injection. And the mom said that when the injection happened, something looked really strange. And she even said after the nurse left, that didn't look right. And sometime later, the nurse came back in and said, hi, I have to do the injection again because I didn't do it the first time because she didn't take the cap off the needle. Oh. Now, how could that happen? <laughs> how, how could that happen? <laughs> uh, to her credit, she did say, I'm back. I made a mistake. We're going to do the right thing now. Um, but how could that happen? But in a world where that did happen, hmm. how do we not say something about it? Like you said, like, you know, giant companies own hospitals. They're probably wealth management companies, some of them. Like you, you have no idea yeah. how many, like at this point, wealth management companies own businesses. They don't know anything about, 
Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and and so I was in a uh, this just rain me in if this is totally off topic, but um, you know I was in a sales uh, coaching meeting several months ago, and they happened to use the healthcare you know segment as an example, and there were probably twenty people sitting in this room, and they said uh, the guy said, "Hey." do you, did you graduate from college or did you graduate from high school? And, you know, everybody's like, oh yeah. Did you get a diploma? Uh, yeah. Do you know where it is? Oh, well, it's probably in a box somewhere up in my parents, you know, yeah. attic somewhere or whatever. And he goes, yet, yet every doctor's office that you go into, not only do they have one copy of their diploma, it's in every examination room in the building. Now, is that because they don't remember that they graduated? And, you know, you start to think about that and you go, well, the whole thing is sort of theater. Right. It's to gain confidence that I know what I'm talking about. And that was sort of when I was going through the middle of all of this. And that that was the sort of tipping point for me of like, I'm going to go to somebody that actually can spend an hour with me. And talk I'm going to gonna actually go somewhere where... You know, I know it's going to cost me some money. I know it's going to be a little bit more, but I, I've got to get out of this churn and burn system. Mm -hmm. Listen, I, I went to a good surgeon for my toe. And still, when the surgery was over, he called me that evening. How are you feeling? I said, I'm doing all right. Goes good. I said, hey, what, what ended up happening in there? And what he described was none of it was what he said before the surgery. <laughs> like Before the surgery, he's like, here's what the problem is. You've got a bunch of arthritis in this knuckle in your toe. And I'm like, okay. And he said, uh, we're going to go in there. We're going to clean it all out. And it's going to be terrific. And I was like, oh, great. He goes, now don't, you know, it could go this way. It could go that way. But this is the problem. I'm like, all right. He said, yeah, there wasn't really any arthritis in the knuckle of your toe. Uh, he said, there was a bunch of torn cartilage. It was really weird. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And he goes, uh, have you ever heard of microfracture surgery? And I went, yeah, that's a thing like athletes get. He goes, yeah, yeah, I did that for you. I went, oh, oh, okay. Uh, so, like, you know, with his best diagnostics, and by the way, a, a good surgeon, right? Like, so, I mean, I hate to say it like this. I live in the Northeast. I have the choice of good doctors around here. And I went to a good practice, and still, he didn't know what he was doing until he got in there. And once he got in there, he just did it. And, you know, I said, well, what's the deal? And he goes, well, hopefully, fibrous cartilage will grow back. And I was like, yeah, mm. okay. And I said, is that cartilage? He goes, no, it's different. Cartilage can't grow. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I said, well, it's definitely going to grow back? He goes, no, we hope it will. And I said, what if it doesn't? And he said, oh, we'll just fuse the bone in your toe. And I'm like, that sounds horrible. I'm like, wait, what? You, you know, and that's what my, my toe just hurt, DJ. Just my yeah. toe just hurt. <laughs> like it was, you, you know, you're talking about this big thing with insulin and carbs and you know exercise and sleep and hydration and that i could probably stand here all day and say things like that that would impact diabetes i get that they can't just know the whole thing and that they can't just tell you the whole thing but i keep coming back to why do i know and they don't yeah why well, and, that, and that's what, it goes back to what that endocrinologist that i went to and he's like how do you know this yeah I found a way to tell people. Yeah. How do you know that right. one Skittle is one carb? So. I think that's my sticking point right there is 
I put myself in that position. I make myself a physician. I know I'm not perfect. I know a little bit of this theater. That's fine. I know there's not enough time because the system works the way it works. I don't understand how then the answer I give myself that I'm okay with that helps me sleep is, well, that's the system we have. So this is the best I can do. Because I don't think that's true. I just think somebody with just you need someone with vision to to do something different that and and try and let it fail and try something different. And I don't maybe the system doesn't allow for that. And that's why you end up at a at a doctor the way you do and why I use one for my family's thyroid. Um, But even that, like, it's not like my insurance doesn't cover it. I just have to I pay her in cash and then I take the bill and I send it to the doctor's office and they send me the money back. You know, it's not like um, it's not like I'm paying out of my pocket and I don't get it back. So there's a way. But you got to know that that exists. And that's absolutely right. Yeah. And the truth is, is that the only reason that my family is in that doctor's office is because I knew Arden was in trouble and it wasn't working through the children's hospital. We were not getting answers. And there were a lot of try this. And then you try it and it didn't work. Then they'd go, oh, we'll try this. And I'm like, wait, you didn't know the first time that that wasn't right? Like, you know, like, so you need a person that, I mean, Arden's first appointment with Addie was an hour long. I mean, you went in, you sat down in a chair like a person with your pants on and had a conversation, explained everything that had ever happened to you in your entire life while this person takes wild notes and is paying attention to you and then orders your problems and says, let's start here and we're going to do this. And after this amount of time, if this doesn't happen, we will do this. If that does work, then great. And like there was a real plan. And I don't think people leave doctor's offices with plans. No, but that's the way it should happen. Yeah. It's just super, it, it, it's obvious, right? So right. I don't understand if doctors can do it and they can get paid. Why is that not what's happening? I don't know. It's upsetting to me. Listen, I have a whole life off of this podcast. Like this is what I do all day long, 60, 70 hours a week, right? It pays my bills. It helps people. It's a job. I love it. All that's terrific. That being said, it should not be necessary. It's ins- <laughs> it's upsetting and insulting that you helped your health with a podcast. That's my stance on it. So, anyway. Yeah, but but the good news is this um this integrated health, he's actually a PA. Um he listens to your podcast. Well, hello to him. Of course. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm not. And by the way, I, I hear people sometimes say I doctor bash. Listen, this is what's happening. I'm just saying it out loud. I'm not bashing you. You, you know what I'm saying? Like if you drop back on Sunday and throw 35 passes and complete five of them, if I point out you had a bad day, I'm not bashing you. I'm just reporting the news. Well, here's the deal. If you take your car to a repair facility and they consistently misdiagnose it and can't get it right. At some point you go, you know, I probably shouldn't go to this place anymore. Yeah. And and by the way, telling a friend about that is not bashing somebody. It's not bashing yeah, somebody. It's right. just buyer beware. Yeah. If you hear this and you're a physician and you feel attacked, I'd say look in the mirror. You know, so don't blame me. For God's sakes, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here helping all the people you're not helping. And, you know, and, and by the way, 
with with uh, a sentence. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Like that. Like that's the only thing standing between me and not saying this out loud is that the world now accepts that as okay. Like even 10 years ago, that was not a thing. There's something about how information is is shared now. Something about podcasting and digitally being able to record your voice or your your image and sharing it with people and being able to say, like, this is just my this is my experience. I'm sharing it with you. I don't know what's gonna happen. Like it's I'm not a doctor. Like, leave me out of this. But even that didn't exist 15 years ago. Like, seriously, like people right. wouldn't have talked like this 10, 15 years ago. 20 years ago, you wouldn't have told a person on the internet your name. Right. Yeah. So things have shifted very quickly and it allows for this transfer of information. Um, anyway, I don't know what the hell we're talking about, DJ, but you sound healthy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you on the road so much? Well, so I actually live in a town where I don't own a business. And so my, my, the first business that I bought, uh, several years ago was, uh, at the coast in North Carolina, which is three and a half hours from home. Mm -hmm. And then I bought another business that's halfway home. Uh, so about an hour and 30 minutes from home. And so I, I'm usually at the coast uh, Mondays and Tuesdays, and then this other spot on uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays, and then back home um, on the weekends. And then sometimes we reverse it. And um, I actually was supposed to have a meeting with my bank this morning. And so I'm actually at home and my family is all at the coast. And so when we finish, I'm going to drive down there and, and hang out for the weekend at the beach. DJ, you're uh, what's known as a go-getter. That's, I try. That's a hustle, man. You were hustling. <laughs> it's hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Jeez. I uh I think that's terrific. I mean, just the idea that you saw a business, you're like, this is a good business for me to get involved in, but it's three and a half hours from my home. You're like, that ah, doesn't matter. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you wouldn't have done well not getting your diabetes in order. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Is, I mean, it it had the opportunity to crumble the whole thing. Yeah. Actually, when you said that at first, I thought you meant your health, but you meant you meant life in general. My life. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that's, and I think that's happening to people, by the way. It is. I yeah. see it online. I, I, you know, and I, I don't have tons of time and, you know, but, but I, I respond to people in various groups and, and, and like, you know, you look at after you sort of, it clicks for you, you know, yeah. um, like I'll look at somebody's graph and I, they're like, this happened to me for absolutely no reason. And it's like, mm. that's not true. <laughs> There's yeah, definitely I mean, a everything yeah. happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. There's a, you know, I, I mean, I had a situation last night. I, I, I rarely, I rarely am over one thirty. Mm -hmm. My average for 90 days. I'm looking at the graph right now. My average for 90 days is 94. So, and I'm in range, my range is, um, 65 to 125, and I'm in it 97% of the time. Wow, man. That's great. But I, like last night I totally missed and I was eating dinner with my daughter and I looked and I was like, I was already halfway through eating and I was 64 arrow straight down. 
Mm-hmm. And I said, can you, I said, I hate to ask you, can you go get me half a glass of regular Coke? And by the time she got back, the number shifted again and it was 40 straight down. Wow. And, um, but I didn't feel it, you know, like, um, normally like my lips will tingle or something like that. And so anyways, within 20 minutes, I just mismanaged it. I was 157 arrow up mm-hmm. straight up and, um, you know, brought it in for a landing and kind of reflected back on what I had missed once it finally leveled out. And, you know, I had just mostly what I was eating was protein. I've already told you that. And I just bolus too soon when it dropped. Then I just, my reaction, I didn't know how much, you know, I, I was guessing that, uh, yeah. there were 60 grams of carbs in that Coke and, um, and then I just missed it on the way up. Yeah. You just overcompensated. Yep. It absolutely happens. But like you said, that's a thing where some people could see that and say, I don't know. It just happened. And, you know, and they're lost. I, I've gotten a couple of comments or questions recently from people online and they all are saying the same thing. No matter how far I pre-bolus my kid, every time I pre-bolus them, their blood sugar shoots straight up. And you can tell by the way they're asking the question that they are positive that giving the kid the insulin is making their blood sugar go up. They don't Mm. see the part where the kid might be nervous or anxious or a bunch of adrenaline comes, or even they get super excited to eat and their blood sugar shooting up now for adrenaline. And I say to them, I think that's what you want to look at first here, because giving yourself insulin doesn't make your blood sugar go up like that's, but that's how they see it. They are sure that the introduction of the insulin is making the blood sugar go up. That is not what's happening. Yeah. It's not what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but, but. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways to say it, but that's what they see. They can't see the forest for the trees. Is that it? Right. Something like that. Yeah. 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 And so I've learned instead of telling them that because they'll push back, they'll go, no, no, that can't be it. I'm like, oh, cause my kids rock solid or something. You'll get something like that. I'm like, no, no. Okay. I've learned to just say, that's not enough information to answer this right. question. Right. Because I need to get them to pick through the information in their own head so they can start checking things off the list like oh it's not that it's not this it's not that um then you can kind of like introduce the idea of maybe the kids just like doesn't like to get nervous yeah yeah doesn't like to get a shot yeah and then they'll go maybe that is it so you know and there's an answer to that and the answer is the answer i gave you through the podcast which is after time and experience and repetition that'll get better it will yeah it definitely will and there's I think that's the, the, the big thing for me is the recognition that there's, there's a, there's a hope out there for, for it by trial and error. And, and if you can actually learn from the trial and error Mm -hmm. and, you know, I mean, it's just one of those, it just takes time, man. It it, just takes time. It really takes time. It's, it's a thing you can't give up on right away. It's a thing you have to build on. You take a little win and you pile it on top of another little win and you, you take a minute to celebrate and then you realize that's not the end and you keep going. It's yeah. It's what's that, what's that saying that like the thing that people don't see about the overnight success is the 30 years of hard work that went in before it or something like that. I don't know what the exact quote is. I know that one. I don't know exactly what it is either. I got, um, (laughs) 
so I do a really good job. I have to give myself credit and I'm giving myself credit because you all didn't know me when I was 25 years old, but I didn't, I didn't, I had a pretty short fuse. <laughs> and so, uh, when the other day someone comes on to the, um, onto the group and, uh, I put up, I forget what it was. I, I noticed people were asking questions about the eyelet pump. And they were all like, what is this? And I'm like, I just did an exhaustive interview about this like a month and a half ago. And it's irritating that they don't know. <laughs> so I just put up a nice post and I'm like, hey, here's this. I hear people talking about you might have missed this, like all very nice. You know, like you don't know I'm irritated. <laughs> like, and by the way, I'm not really irritated. It's you make this thing and you put it out. And if you're not careful, you can get this unreasonable rec- expectation that everybody knows it's there and that they've heard it. And so I just, I know that's not true. So I'll put the information back up. Hopefully find some people that missed it in that thread. Some guy comes in and says, you know, some people don't have time to sit through all this, especially with all those ads. And I was like, you mother, I just, I am over here making those ads pay my bills, by the way. Yeah. Without the ads, you don't get a podcast and, and, you know, or I charge you for it. And by the way, DJ, between you're a business person, between you and me, if I charged $9 a month for this podcast and everybody who listened to it, like paid it, I'd be sitting on a gold chair in a gold room right now. And I don't do that. So in my mind, I think just say thank you. <laughs> like, don't come at me going, I don't like, and meanwhile, I went and looked at it and I said, so I got, anyway, I held myself together and I explained nicely online, I said to the guy, I'm like, look, man, there's about two minutes worth of ads at the beginning of the podcast. There's another ad in the middle, and there's a thank you at the end. That episode is two hours long. It has about seven minutes worth of ads in it. Like, If the ads aren't there, then here's the thing you don't know. It took me days to reach the company, like days to reach them to book that episode. Then once I booked it, they were uncomfortable. They didn't know what they were doing. I had to walk them through it. Then I had to spend an hour on a phone with somebody explaining microphones and getting them to buy a microphone. And then they came on and I spent two hours recording the show. And by the way, all the questions I asked, there was prep time in there that I can't really quantify. Then the show had to be edited. It took two and a half or three hours to edit it. And then it has to be supported on social media. And then you blah, blah. And I'm like going through it. I'm like, that's the effort that went into that episode. Yeah, that's just one episode out of, what, what are you at, a thousand now? Yes, yes. What I ended up saying at the end, the only place I think I was a little snarky is I said that this is the equivalent of me showing up at your job on payday, opening the front door and yelling, blank doesn't deserve to get paid. I don't like the way you went about it this week. What do you care, man? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's no one else delivering this information to you. No one. It, It just, it doesn't exist the way I give it out. And it's because it's supported through this thing. How could you possibly not see that? And then I realized none of this matters. He doesn't know. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But it, it got me for a second. I was like, what the hell? I was like, leave, oh, yeah. leave me alone. <laughs> so anyway. Um, yeah. It's yeah. like, hey, you know what? We'll give you free fries with this. And then you're like, oh, I don't really like those kind of fries. Oh, yeah. Could I instead have the hash browns? <laughs> yeah. Could I have hash browns instead? Well. <laughs> No, <laughs> because, because of a thousand things you don't know or understand yeah. that it's go a in free podcast, <laughs> shut up and take it um. <laughs> or don't. What do I care? Like, like, <laughs> but then that, that becomes the problem is that I actually 
I do care. Yeah. Like, like I look at that person and I think that person has type one diabetes. I get it. Yeah. They need the, they need the info. Right. And even if he doesn't know it, I'm doing something good for him. And, and listen, I'll make this point and I'm going to have to let you go. Cause I, I actually have, this is the day from hell for me. So this is the first of my three recordings I'm doing today. Nice. Um, but I, I, I won't give a lot of details, but a different person online popped into this post and just started um, what they call posting and, you know, was just being difficult for the sake for just to be difficult and kind of going back and forth with people. And I looked and I thought this person's been in this group for years. They've never been a problem. Like this is really strange, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I pulled their comment down and I sent them a note that said, "I, I really need you to be nicer than this. You know, now, my assumption was something was wrong because as a person who runs a big Facebook group, DJ, what I can tell you is either somebody's having a bad day or their blood sugar's high or low or they're drunk. That's pretty much what I've learned, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, or they just want to be, you know, for reasons I don't know. But I really, I just gave this person the benefit of the doubt. I said, I can't leave your comment there, but like, what's going on? And I got this note back and uh, privately. And the person said, I'm sorry, I have multiple people in my family having medical issues right now. Mm-hmm. And one of them's out of state and I can't be there. And it's and I'm I need to deal with my frustration differently. I, I apologize. And so in my mind, DJ, everyone's got a story like that. Even 100%. the even the person who said to me, like, oh, all the damn ads, just tell me what I need to know. Like, well, first of all, I'm not your mom. But secondly, like, you know, like. I even think that person is just having a bad moment. And so I don't want to ever get into a position where they get kicked out of a group because then they're going to come around and still need to know how to pre us or something like that. And then I think they could be then on that path that you described that you possibly could have been on. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's got a backstory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I try really hard not to have my own feelings, like, you know what I mean? Like to be my own, like frustration, but they're, like I said, that one, that's the one time, the only time I can really remember this year, where I was just like, I am killing myself over here. And that's what you want to say to me. Like, please do not, don't, please don't say that to me. <laughs> so anyway, uh, did we cover everything you want to talk about? I think so. Yeah. I think it's been great. Good. I mean, well, I don't know if it's been great, but it's been great actually talking to you and and uh getting a chance to do this it's been a lot of fun i appreciate that it's terrific it's great information um like i said earlier your microphone is so good this is such a pleasure to record from just an audio standpoint i really appreciate that um <laughs> are do you want to tell people why you have the microphone like because i'll leave it in if you want to say but if you don't then it's okay with me as well um yeah i mean my my daughter is um a pop singer that's sort of on the, on the coming up and I'm in her studio right now. Uh, this is actually her scratch vocal mic, um, that she uses to track some of her scratch vocals. And then she's got a booth on the other side of the room and, um, she does, uh, I think I said pop music and it's super exciting. Her name is Emerson Azarian and you should check it out. It's uh, everywhere where you can stream pop music. Very nice. Excellent. Well, listen, you tell your daughter that if she wants to send me a song, I'll put it at the end of this episode. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah I'll, um, I'll, I'll definitely do that. I'll send you one. Um, 
with her permission for yeah. sure. Oh, that's cool. Let me know. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks, man. Scott. Of course. Hold on one second for me. A huge thanks to a longtime sponsor, Touched by Type One. Please check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and at touchedbytype1.org. If you're looking to support an organization that's supporting people with type 1 diabetes, check out Touched by Type One. Today's episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Dexcom G7, which now integrates with the Tandem T-Slim X2 system. Learn more and get started today at Dexcom.com slash juicebox. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. You spell that G-V-O-K-E G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. Here's a little treat for you for staying till the end. This is DJ's daughter, Emerson Azarian, and the song is called If It's All Right. If you're looking for community around type 1 diabetes, check out the Juicebox Podcast private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. But everybody is welcome. Type 1, type 2, gestational, loved ones, it doesn't matter to me. If you're impacted by diabetes and you're looking for support, comfort, or community, check out Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. If you're not already subscribed or following in your favorite audio app, please take the time now to do that. It really helps the show. And get those automatic downloads set up so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. The episode you just heard was professionally edited 
by Wrong Way Recording. WrongWayRecording.com.